I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 237 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a phenomenal guest to bring you guys today. He is a legendary UFC Hall of Fame fighter and first-class father as well. Tito Ortiz, the Huntington Beach bad boy, joins me here, and he has got a big fight coming up soon against Alberto Del Rio. We talk about that and so much more coming up in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. All right, so I have listened to your suggestions from over the summer. I put up a post there on social media asking who or what type of dads you guys would like to hear from on the podcast. Many of you wanted to hear from UFC fathers, so today I have one of the best with me here in Tito Ortiz. Next week, I will be joined by a dad known as The Immortal. Matt Brown will be here with me, so make sure you lock it in for that. And later this week, we're going to put on the boxing gloves and move from the cage to the ring with former middleweight boxing champion Kelly Pavlik, who's going to be here with me on Thursday. Okay, yesterday was a big day for my family here. It was the 15-year anniversary of the day that I met my wife, and it was also my daughter's first day of kindergarten, which is so hard to believe. She is the fourth one for us to hit that kindergarten grade, and I will definitely be soaking up all the fun with her class this year. I had the opportunity to be a class parent last year with her pre-K class, so I hope I can do the same this year. And don't forget that the First Class Fatherhood shop is open. You guys can rock a First Class Fatherhood hat or T-shirt this year on your way to pick up or drop off. The most popular T-shirt selling right now is the red, white, and blue We Are Not Babysitters, We Are Fathers t-shirt. So get over there to the store and check out the whole selection. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And also, don't forget, this month I'm being sponsored by Manscaped. So take advantage of that and check out their products on Manscaped.com and see why the sharks on Shark Tank invested a half a million dollars in the company and use the promo code FATHER. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. So let's go, dads. Make sure you are sharing this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i will be right back with the huntington beach bad boy tito ortiz i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood All right, dads, First Class Fatherhood is being brought to you today by Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They sent me their lawnmower 2.0, and I wish they had something like this years ago. I can't tell you how many times I've nicked my nuggets in the shower while shaving, and you definitely don't want to be using the same razor on your face that you're using down there on the two amigos. The lawnmower 2.0 is an electric trimmer with skin-safe technology. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. So let's go, dads. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are getting 20% off their entire order, plus free shipping by using the promo code FATHER. Go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code FATHER at the checkout, save 20% off, and get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He was the ninth man inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. He defended his light heavyweight championship title five times. He is the CEO of Punishment Athletics, and he is known as the Huntington Beach bad boy. It is so cool for me to say, Tito Ortiz, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you much, man. I appreciate you. 
All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? Uh, well, I have three boys. I have uh, an eight, uh, 17-year-old, just turned 17, and twin 10-year-olds. Wow, very cool. I have three boys, and then I got the girl myself. Yeah, you all done, or you have any more chance for the girl here? Uh, three times is my charm. I'm okay with three boys, man. That's it. That's that's all I can afford, and uh, that's all I want to invest my time into, so they get full my attention, and uh, that's the most important thing. And uh, I'm lucky with boys, so I'll stay with just boys. <laughs> okay, very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Well, my oldest has been wrestling uh, since he's been six. He's actually at the uh, national uh, tournament right now in Fargo uh, for wrestling. And my uh, two young ones that are 10, they wrestled from five years old until nine, and then they just started doing jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. So I switched it up on them just because they, you know, they, they got a little burned out of uh, the wrestling because it is tough, it is hard. But uh, jiu-jitsu is uh, giving a little different aspect of submissions and everything and a little respect of the martial arts side of it. Yeah, that's cool. Now, do you do you teach them the stuff? Do you coach them, or do you kind of step away and let them have other instructors and coaches? Well, I, I, I teach them moves once in a while, but they don't listen to me, and it's kind of crazy. As a father, you think of being a world champion, you'd have a world champion father, you'd learn everything from him. But I just think it's just that father-son uh, attitude where a coach needs to step in the middle of there to be a coach and let me be a father. And I think that's really important. And, um but when it comes to, like, uh, strength and conditioning stuff, I for surely do that with them because I'm able to push them and they listen to me. So it, it helps. But there is times I do show them a few moves, and I'll watch them during uh, their training, and, and they'll pull a move off, and the coach will be like, where did you learn that from? I'm like, oh, my dad showed me. So uh, <laughs> I try to find that happy medium in between where I'm, I'm not being an overbearing father uh, trying to be the coach the whole time. So I just kind of give them little – little positive reinforcement of the things that they do to, to keep them going. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Tito, please do me a favor here. Just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, uh, of course, uh, Tito Ortiz from Huntington Beach, California. Um, from the age of birth to six years old, I lived in Huntington Beach. And from six to 13, I uh, lived in Santa Ana, which is a little inland of Huntington Beach, a little bit uh, – Poverty in the area. Um, I lived in a motel with my parents. My parents had a, a drug problem um, with heroin. Uh, my mother got sober when I was 13. Uh, it took me away from my father, and my father pretty much uh, just was absent. He uh, still uses uh, to this day, um, and he's almost 80 years old. And I just try to be the father that my father never was. And I've worked really hard to get where I am today. You know, I have 22 years of mixed martial arts uh, career. You know, I walked into the wrestling room as a freshman in high school, and I asked the coach, where's the ring at? Expecting wrestling being the same thing as WWF or WWE now, <laughs> and it wasn't. And I was I practiced for the first time, and I got to throw kids around. I was like, I'm not going to get in trouble for this, right? I'm like, no, you actually get points for it. So <laughs> I was hooked. My true name is Jacob, and uh, kind of funny story in the Bible. Well, not a funny story, but funny story by myself. In the Bible, Jacob uh, wrestled against an angel. The angel saved his life by beating him, and wrestling is what saved my life and put me on the right guidance and doing the right things to get me into mixed martial arts and keep me in school, and um, I got my A degree. I was a semester away from getting my bachelor's degree, but I 
found this new sport called the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is mixed martial arts, and became a world champion after a year and a half of competition. So I was an amateur when I first started, UFC 13, May 30th, 1997. I never fought before ever. I fought the first time uh, for free because I didn't want to lose my scholarship for wrestling while I was in college. So I fought for free, and uh, I stopped my first guy in 22 seconds, or excuse me, 32 seconds. And then I got myself in the finals against a guy who was a seasoned fighter. I was beating him. They stopped the fight. We stood it back up, and uh, he hit me with the right hand. I went to go take a shot on him, um, which is a takedown, and he caught me in a choke, and I had to tap. And I was hooked from that point out on. You know, I got attention like I never got had attention before as a kid. Um, just so many different things that I wanted to be a champion at mixed martial arts. And it took me about a year and a half to make that happen, and I ran uh, for five years undefeated with five uh, world titles, and you know I look back at my 22-year career, and I'm very lucky because through the hard work and dedication that I've had through my life, I've been able to um, be successful and change my whole mentality of life, change the whole mentality of being a father, um, of being a, a, a patriot of our country, and it's giving back and trying to do anything possible to. Um, show my children what hard work and dedication can really achieve in life. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for it because I kind of taught myself um, a lot of things, life-learning things uh, myself. Uh, you know, of course, watching movies and so forth, and not just watching movies for the excitement, but watching movies for the understanding or the thesis behind the movie of uh, what it truly was about and what, the, what type of messages they were trying to send, send out during the movie. And uh, I've understood uh, what love and hate and you know, respect and values and things like this um, through films, which is crazy. But um, through life in general now, at being 44 years old, I, I've brushed off a lot of the tarnish that came that uh, has built up through the years. But, you know, now life has been reinvigorated to where now uh, I'm still competing. I'll be fighting in October. And, uh, you know, life's been really interesting for me. It's been a, a complete uh, roller coaster. I've seen the peaks like no other, and I've seen the dooms of valley like no other, but it seems like I come to bounce back just through hard work and dedication and always doing the right thing, making sure I don't step on anybody to get ahead and uh, just be respectful and be a patriot of our country and be thankful for the uh, government we are, excuse me, the country we live in. And um, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just thankful. I'm very, very proud to be an American Mexican. Of course, with Mexican descent, my uh, father, fifth generation here in California. Yeah, I mean, no doubt you've had an incredible journey here, Tito. And it's funny what you say there, too, about how movies, they do have an impact on, on shaping a certain parts of your philosophy and certain parts of your life. And I think that's one of the reasons I, I talk about a lot on the podcast is that right now there's such a, a big fatherless problem going on in our country. And I think a lot of it comes from the way the dads are portrayed in movies and on TV, it kind of puts in the mindset of these young men before they get into fatherhood that, you know, this is the end of my life. Uh, now my, my whole world is over. I'm not going to have any more fun. We always see the dad as that guy who's kind of always getting kicked in the ass. He never gets laid. He never has any fun. So it gives them this um, false image of what fatherhood is truly all about. Now, and, and you grew up here with a, a little disconnect from your father being in your life. So how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Well, I think it was more of a fear tactic than anything. I was like, oh, my gosh, what what I get myself into? And, you know, at the point, uh, 
my ex-wife, Kristen, uh, who I was with, she was like, either we have a kid or I'm moving on. And um, my mother wasn't really there that much for me, and she kind of had a mother figure upon me as my girlfriend. I mean, um, just as a, you know, kind of a, a, a image of uh, someone who she always helped me out, you know, whenever I had hard times, she always had my back. I mean, how my girlfriend does now, I mean, I never really had that growing up. My parents are always absent. My parents are always getting high. My parents were never there. They never showed me the things to become a better person or just uh, they just let me do whatever I wanted. I had free reign of whatever I wanted to do. But when I was with my ex, uh, Kristen, she kind of told me, like, no, this is the right way. You do this. You do that. You know, um, you want to be a better man. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I didn't want to lose that. So I ended up having to have uh, Jacob, which was a blessing in disguise because um, that's my oldest son, Jacob. But he kind of changed my life. Um, I was the world champion at the time, and I was kind of going on that other route of, you know, I, I cheated, I uh, partied all the time, I was doing things because I never had that attention as a kid. And all of a sudden, being the world champion, I had that attention. I had those things presented to me, I had those things offered to me, and I kind of lost myself. And I was always fighting with her, and I, I really didn't want to have that around my child, Jacob. So she ended up moving to Arizona, um, and this was all for the future of my son. And I ended up giving her a bunch of money and saying, please just take care of him because I don't want to be 15 years from now and not be able to afford anything. And I just want to make sure he has a great future. And he has and he has been to date. And I've been a part of his life uh, through I've been uh, divorced. And I, I wish I could be a little closer, but, of course, them living in Arizona, me living in California, it, it, it really hinders my opportunity to see him as much as I possibly can. But I just try to be the best father I possibly can with them. And uh, I was with Jacob, and I... I Really just uh, try to make sure I don't make the same mistakes that my father did, you know, um, or my mom. My mom, uh, like I said, left my father when I was 13 years old, and she gave an opportunity. She left the man that she was with for 14 years who she loved very, very much, but he wouldn't get sober. And she gave me a separate opportunity because when I lived in Santa Ana, you know, I hung around gangs, um, and though that was my family. You know, they, they taught me to respect values. They taught me how to be tough. And I mean, we didn't have cell phones and iPads and Xboxes back then. You know, we we threw we we fought on the streets. And you know, I did some things I probably shouldn't have did at the time. But I had no guidance. I had no father. I had no one to tell me what was right from wrong. I had to learn what was right from wrong. Either it was going to juvenile hall or uh, some of the older guys that were in the gang to tell me, hey man, you got to watch this. You got to watch that. But it was things that I learned myself. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the biggest problems. Like, that's why I say the fatherless problem is such a, a, such a devastating factor right now in the U.S., just because without that guidance, um, I, I know just from interviewing a whole bunch of the Navy SEALs, uh, I think like 60-something percent of their community is like grows up with a single parent home and they didn't have a father, but at least they got into a community where they had these uh, male role models to look up to, which is much better than you're going to find out on the streets out in California in gangland. Well, I mean, it, it, it's true, um... A huge thing is, is just uh, how can you break the chain? How can you break the cycle? I could have been like my father. I could have did drugs. I could have, I mean, 
because I've dabbled into everything but heroin. I've dabbled in everything, and I, I've I've been able to keep away from it um, thanks to my uh, my professional career and my business career and my children. But uh, just because it happened to you, don't mean you you need it to continue to happen. Break the cycle. Break the chain. Change your life by giving your child what you never had. That's what I have. My, my, my mentality is being a father, you know, and it, it goes all the way around. I mean, the, my twin boys, I mean, it's just so crazy how the, how life just kind of turns out and rolls around. Um, my ex-girlfriend, Jenna Jameson, when I first started dating her, I mean, she was beautiful and amazing person. I mean, just a person in general. I mean, what she did for her professional career, she retired at the time we started dating, so I didn't really pay attention to that. I don't look at people's history. I didn't look at for the type of person they are at the time. And we had fun. We did Vegas. We, I mean, we had a great time. Everything was great. And then all of a sudden she's like, I want to have kids. And I was like, you're perfect. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're outgoing. You're, you're a, a smart business savvy woman. I mean, I loved her. I mean, I loved her like no other. I was like, let's do this. Let's start this family. So I bought my home in uh, Huntington Beach on the water. We ended up having our twin boys, Jesse and Journey, who are 10 now. And I thought I had the white, uh, the beautiful house, the white picket fence in front of it with a beautiful girlfriend. And I was perfect because I was married once, so I didn't want to get married again because once I got married, it seemed like things changed completely. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted things to stay fresh. And if we're on the same mentality of just loving each other and treating each other with respect, that it would last forever. Well, there was little things, the hiccups that happened in between that, and drugs were a big uh, problem that, that ended up happening. You know, she uh, uh, used uh, drugs during the pregnancy, and she continued to use after the pregnancy. Um, I went through about uh, three and a half years of just trying to fix her, trying to help her, trying to change her mentality of the party scene, and... I couldn't do it. Now I rewind this back to when I was 13 and my mother had to get sober and she had to leave my father. Well, I put myself in those same shoes. I had to get sober because I had to go to court and fight for custody for my kids, which I have 100% custody of my children. She couldn't do the stuff the court asked her to do as, you know, uh, therapy, uh, drug testing, things like this, just to show that she could be a responsible parent. She never did one step of any of those things. Now I have full custody of those kids because I did all those steps and I was willing to sacrifice everything in my life to make sure my children had a great future, and I've done that. Now let's go ahead and fast forward that history to now six years later where she hasn't been in their life at all, zero, no, no visitations, nothing at all because she's not willing to do what the court asks. Now as for a mother to do that, I just could never even understand that. I mean, as a father, I mean, I, like I said, I got dead sober. I was, I mean, I didn't even drink alcohol, zero, nothing at all for almost a year and a half to two years just as I was going through the court stuff just to make sure that I showed the court that I could be a responsible father for these children's future and the safety of my children were number one, and that's all I cared about. And I ended up winning. She ended up uh, not wanting to follow what the court asked. And I guess just within the last year, she moved to Hawaii. She has another boyfriend and, a, and a, uh, another kid. And I, I really just uh, left it at that. If she wants to leave it to that point, I'm going to be a good father 
and I'm going to do everything possible. Uh, six years ago, actually to August, I met a girl, Amber Nicole Miller, um, who was a ring card girl for the UFC when it first got bought. And we're friends. I mean, nothing in a dating um, area, but just more of just acquaintance. And six years ago, we talked again, and I was going through the troublesome time that I was, and she was she was there for me. She supported me. She had my back. And I, I learned from my uh, therapist that, Tito, stop trying to save your mom. Find someone to save you. And I did that. And when I met Amber, she was my savior. She treats my children like her own. She, we're both on the same pages with uh, education, um, athlete, our, um, health, the way they eat, um, you know, when they read, I mean, everything. I mean, education was never pushed on me when I was a kid growing up, ever. I mean, I don't even think I read a book until high school. It was just, as I say, education was never pushed on me, ever. Now, with my kids, it's, it's a complete, was a 360-degree opposite where they read at a ninth grade level, and they're only in the fourth grade. They're doing math, I mean, stuff that I did in junior high, and they're doing it in elementary they're smart, super, super smart kids because we're, I'm able to push them. I'm able to get these things out of them that their brains are like sponges right now. They're, they're absorbing so much. And my partner, uh, Amber, she is on the same page as me. We don't battle back and forth saying, well, you should go, go ahead and let them play games or here, here's an iPad for them or here's an, uh, a cell phone for them. No. Me and her have the same, same understanding as Stephen Jobs, from uh, Apple, he said that a kid under the age of 14 should not have a cell phone, that they are not ready to have access to the world at that any age younger of 14. So we're like, all right, let's do it. And let me tell you, it changed my kids' minds 100%. Because when I was with my ex for the first four years of their life, they had the iPad. They played the games, and they would have no conversation with other kids and just with, with adults or conversation with themselves because they're always playing games. Well, now they don't even have that. Now they're really outgoing kids where they introduce themselves to people. They walk up and have conversations with people. They're out riding their bikes. They're at the playground. They're going to the beach. You know, they have all, the, all these resources that they're able to be outgoing kids not kids that are just dwelled upon a cell phone or an iPad, and that's all they're used to is just that. I mean, they, they, kids lose their social skills by doing that. And I think parents kind of are not doing their job as parents. If you're going to bring a child into this world, you better be willing to sacrifice everything in your life to give them the best opportunity of their life and their future. The best mirror of a parent is their child. And, and, and I, I can't illiterate and that more than anything is the best mirror of a parent is their child because if their parent lets their child do anything and he's crazy and just always getting into trouble and so forth that means that parent didn't really care about his kid that much his parent didn't, wasn't willing to sit the kid down and walk him through it and explain it to it explain to the child why they should not be doing that not just say no you can't do that because i said so no don't ever say that say no you can't do that because this, 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 and this. This is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Explain to the child because they don't know anything. They're learning everything for the first time ever. They're seeing everything for the first time ever. And whatever they see you do, they're, they're, they're going to mimic it. 
hands down. And I, I just, I've learned this. I mean, thankfully, man, when I was in college, I took uh, child development, so I'm able to see how a, a child is able to develop through their from birth until six, from six to fourteen, from fourteen to eighteen, eighteen to twenty-four, twenty-four to thirty-eight, thirty-six, thirty-eight around there, and then above, they're on their own. But just the development of the mind, you got to make sure you develop your child the right way and give them the right uh, tools to become great human beings, to be kids or men who are going to give back to society. I mean, I have three boys that they're my three men. I'm trying to raise men. I'm not trying to raise sheep or kids or little kids or babies or, you know, um, I, I really stand my ground with my children of, of showing them the right things that's, uh, you know, just uh, karma, just uh, respect, values, um, things what men should do. And I think that's very important. Yeah, very well said. And, and there's no doubt that there is a challenge right now with all of the technology. It's a struggle for a lot of parents out there just because it's hard to uh, tell your kids not to use the technology when all they do is see you on the phone 24-7. So, I mean, there's definitely um, uh, an issue with that. All right, Dad, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and first-class fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam-dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Uh, and, Tito, what is the relationship like between your all of your sons, your twins and, and your uh, oldest son? What is their relationship like? Uh, relationship's really good, actually. Uh, they Thank God for FaceTime. They FaceTime each other uh, at least once a week. Um, you know, he comes out and visits uh, at least once to twice a month. He's actually coming out uh, this Sunday. He'll be out for two weeks for uh, summertime. So you know, I, I wish it would be a lot more, but they they love each other, and it's great. You know, especially the the younger ones. They they love the older one, Mike. They look up to him so much, and uh, it's just really cool because. My ex-wife, she does an amazing job with my son, Jacob. Uh, you know, he's, he's a really smart kid, and uh, hopefully he gets a full-ride scholarship for education and not just sports. Um, but, you know, the relationship is, is, is really solid with my, my boys, that's for sure. I mean, I, yeah. we're, we're, all, we're all Jays. Um, I'm Jacob, my oldest is Jacob, uh, and then my twin boys is Jesse and Journey, so we're all Jays. Yeah, very cool, because I know that uh... – I speak with a lot of single dads, and one of the toughest decisions for them is, like, when to introduce uh, their children to a new potential spouse or a new new girlfriend or something like that. So at, at what point in your relationship with Amber did you feel comfortable uh, introducing the twins and Jacob uh, uh, to Amber? Um, it took about a good two months of dating with her. Um, and there was a situation that happened. She's a model. Um and she ha- had a big magazine call. I was in the car with her, and I heard her talking. And, and they, had, they asked her to come in for a shoot, and they're going to offer, like, five grand for the shoot. And she's like, well, what's the days? And they're all, well, it'll be uh, Tuesday, Thursday from 8 a.m. until uh, 4 p.m. She's all, well, I 
can't do those times. Like, well, you can't. We need you for those times. The only time you can do it. So, well, I, 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 I really, uh, I got to, I got to be there for my, uh, my, my boyfriend's uh, kids to make sure they get back to school and back. And this is when my kids are in the kindergarten. And this is like right after I introduced them to him. But this was something I knew that she was a keeper. She was willing to sacrifice money and her time or her fame to make sure my children got to school. I was like, this is a keeper. Now, that was just the idea just that I knew that she was a keeper. Now, when I knew it was time to introduce them to my kids was we're out on dinner, and we got done with dinner, and I get I hear a call from her mom. Uh, we get almost to her house, and then her dad called. And her mom and dad are separated. They're uh, divorced. And I go to drop her off, and like she said, yeah, my, my dad, I just want to make sure I got home safe. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. This girl is, is really respective. And I, I've known her for a long time. I've known her for like 13 years prior. And I was like, wow, this, this, this must, might be the one. Um, she wasn't a partier. She wasn't, you know, crazy at all. Um, she really was just really down to earth and wholesome and wholesome as I mean by her parents. How her parents treated her is I knew that she was the right one just because usually how the parents are is how you become. Usually. Not all the time, just usually. And I was like, you know, maybe it maybe it is time. And when I did, they were attracted to her automatically. Like they they needed that mother figure big time in their life. And from that point out on, it's been six years, uh, August 20th, it'll be six years that we've been together and she's been a part of their life. Um, she wakes up every morning with them, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I mean, when I come home from training, I mean, she is the best mother for them that they possibly could ask for, that I could ask for, and I'm very thankful. And like I say, I, I think I just uh, really wanted to, find a woman who was down to earth and understood the same things that I knew in life of uh, respect and values and things like that because I, I always try to ch chase girls that uh, I want to save or I want to save to save my mom. I mean, that's my, like I said, that's my therapist kind of told me. And I, I, I really didn't understand it, but I always had, I had the broken uh, wing syndrome where I always try to fix, fix the bird, always try to fix the bird. But, <laughs> That one I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely makes sense, Tito. And and I know you have the uh, the fight coming up here against Del Rio. Well, what what could we expect to see in the fight? And will your kids attend the fight? So I got a lot of time to prepare for the fight, but I think it's time to let my kids, uh, all three of them, enjoy what it feels like to walk out in an arena when you have fifteen thousand people screaming and uh, being on live television and watching your father compete. Because before this. My two youngest ones, they wouldn't only watch the fight with me at home, sitting on the couch with me. And my oldest, he uh, started watching them when he was about 11, I want to say, 11, 12 on TV Live. And the times that I lost, you know, he would call me and he would be crying on the phone, be like, Dad, I don't want you to fight anymore. I don't like to see you get, to, uh, get beat up and lose. I was like, son, this is part of life. You got to get beat up. You, you got to lose. If I, if I never lost, I never, never know what it felt like to win. And my, my kid does understand that now. Like I say, he's competing in the national tournament in Fargo. Um, and in 
he did the freestyle uh, uh, division, and he ended up going uh, one and two, but he still kept his head on his shoulders. He said, that's all right, I'm going Greco in a couple days, and I'll do better. And he's competing right now. So, like I say, in life, we got to lose something to really know what it feels like to win. And um, against Alberto Del Rio, I, I really think this is an opportunity to, for my kids to be a part of something that's going to be fun, that's going to be exciting. Um, Alberto Del Rio, I don't know what he was thinking about calling me out to fight me, but I guess uh, when other people call you out, I guess you're still uh, relevant to the game of mixed martial arts. You know, Combat to America, which is the organization we were fighting for, or fighting under, uh, gave me a offer that I couldn't refuse and the offer was Alberto Del Rio they said that he wanted to fight me and I was like huh, are you sure is he sure and uh, I don't see this fight getting out of the first round I, I'm, I'm, he's never fought anybody like me and I'm like I say right now my mindset is just perfect clear-sighted sniper I'm like I don't know it just it's kind of weird through my career. There's been so many ups and downs that when I was with my ex-girlfriend, uh, uh, Jenna, I was always dragged down so many times that I could never go into a fight 100% mentally ready to compete. I told myself that, but I really wasn't. I said that to my fans, but I really wasn't because I always got drugged through the dirt every single week after camp, during camp with my ex because she had her own problems. And she always tried to reflect them on me, saying, I'm the bad parent. I'm a bad father. I'm just like my dad. And always just breaking me down. And to go on a fight, you got to be 100% motivated. you got to be 100% there for the fight, strictly for the fight. And that's when you do well. And over these last uh, six years, I, I've been doing this. You know, I'm 4-1 uh, on my last uh, five fights. I, I've really uh, I've gone through surgeries. Um, ACL replaced my left knee, ACL replaced my right knee, L4-5, S1 fused in my lower back, uh, T3, T2, T2, T1, T1, T1 C7, uh, my thoracic disc replacement, uh, C6, C7 fused, C6, C5 disc replacement, C5, C4 fused in my neck, and a reattached retina in my left eye. Now, this shows how much I love this sport. Because if there's any other athletes that have gone through what I've gone through and still compete, they would still be competing, but they don't because they're not mentally strong enough to continue by doing it. I do it because I love the sport. I love to compete. And I have a great surgeon, and I, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. And now that I have a great companion with me, with Amber, who supports me and who, who has my back, and I don't have to think twice about who's in my home or if my kids are being fed or, you know, um, it, it just simple things of laundry being done or just small things. I mean, we don't have nannies. I haven't had a nanny in six years. I don't know. We don't have nannies. We do everything ourselves. We are 100% parents, and that's our job. When you become a parent, it becomes a job because that child's future is in your hands, and that's what we really live by no matter what. I, I want to make sure our, our children have a great future. I want to make sure our children go through hard times. They know what it feels like to the pain of uh, of training or just having to do their homework no matter what. Reading an hour every day, five days a week, and they always do. I mean, like I say, they read at a ninth grade level and they're only in the fourth grade going, going into the fifth. But it's just uh, doing these things so 
so I could be a great father. Um, and the reason I share so much of this stuff on my social media because I want other parents out there who are single fathers, who are single mothers, or they have uh, a companion that are just coming into the family of not even their kids, somebody else's kids, and they're trying to figure out how to love them the right way. And I, I really don't think that it should be like a stepmom or a mom. I think it's a mom, it's a mom. It's a dad, it's a dad. You, you love the kid no matter what. Um, and you have an opportunity as just human beings as, as raising our cubs to be kings of the jungle. And then that's what I'm trying to do. That's my number one. Yeah, I, I love to hear you talk like that, Tito. Your, your, your uh, voice and your presence is definitely much needed, so it's awesome to see you active on Instagram, uh, speaking your truth and getting your message out there. You're definitely a role model for dads uh, all across the country here. And, and what type of uh, – what kind of plans do you have here or goals do you have for your future beyond the fight? Are you still looking at uh, continuing to compete, or when, when are you uh, going to consider hanging it up, and what's going to be next? Well, you know, I, I think uh, I signed two fights with Combat America um, – I'll have this fight uh, here in October, and I'll, I'll do one more fight, and I think I'll be done. I think that'll about do it. Um, I've started other businesses. Uh, of course, my business I've had since 1999, Punishment Athletics, which is a clothing company. You can see it at punishment.com. Um, I have a management company, Primetime 360 ESM. People can see that on uh, social media also. Um, I have TO Auto Group, which is my wholesale uh, auction business for wholesale cars um i just uh and being an ambassador for uh Cabata americas i just i try to be as as hard working as i possibly can and taking the most advantage of this life i have in front of me you know i'm chasing this american dream each and every day and i'm driving home from work right now and i'm i'm gonna go train I so get ready for the fight i mean i i have more than one job it's not like i just expect to make all my money out of just fighting because fighting's not going to be there for the rest of my life. I understand that, but I want to translate this into other things. You know, um, acting has been something I've been into for the last uh, four years more than ever, and that's another aspect that it's fun because I get the same excitement that I do when I compete. You know, being behind camera and being on point and getting in character and, and being that person that the director wants you to be it's hard, it's difficult, but it's repetition, doing it over and over again, but willing to fail, willing to, to mess up and try it again and try it in a different way and be successful by doing that. You know, I, I, I make mistakes all the time. I'm not perfect at all, not even close, but I think making those mistakes helps me through my life uh, to be a better man. And uh, like I say, I'm, I'm very open on my life because I was a kid who came from nothing, and I could have been the kid that a statistic that went to prison because of a drug habit or because of some type of uh, law that I broke. But no, I changed changed the future, broke the chain, and I'm doing what I'm doing now. And I'm doing it with respect, values, uh, you know, uh, just being a patriot of our country, of America. I mean, not just here in America, but I think all around the world because I have fans all around the world. And just just being a good man, you know. I believe in karma. I'm not a huge uh, uh, religious person, but, you know, I, I, I just I believe in how you treat people is how you're going to be treated. And whatever you do upon someone is uh, what's going to come back on you. And never step on somebody but you get ahead. 
I think that's really important. Yeah, very inspiring stuff. Tito, you may have touched upon it here, but uh, the last thing I want to hit you with, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, uh, what type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? Well, that new father, about-to-be father, uh, you cannot be selfish. Do not be selfish with your own time, um, but make time for you and your companion, wife, or girlfriend, uh, Make sure you have at least one day a week where there's time where you guys get away from the kid. Uh, make it sure that the kid is with your grandparent or someone who, a babysitter that you trust, of course, uh, but you've got to have that companion time no matter what, at least once a week. Um, well, I, 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 you can't be selfish. You can't put yourself before your kids. If it's work, it's a little bit different. Um, but just make sure you take a little time out to make sure, make sure the, the, the child understands why you're why are you leaving the house and why are you doing these things and showing the things that you're working to get to pay the bills. Education, I think education is huge. I think education should be pushed on the kids like no other. Uh, you got you, you got to listen to other people's advice as long as it's positive advice. Always give your child positive reinforcement. Um, read to them at a very young age until they're old enough to read themselves. But like I say, I can't press this hard enough is having your child read is really, really, really important. And like I say, uh, just just be willing to sacrifice everything for your child. Be willing to sacrifice your life for your child. Be willing to step in front of a bullet for your child. Because uh, these, these kids aren't asked to be put on this earth. You want to bring them to this earth. So once you bring them here, it's all about them. You can't be selfish. What do they need? What they need is a stable father, a stable, a stable mother, and a stable relationship where you're not fighting with each other every single day because the child gets affected that mentally by seeing that stuff every day. And, yeah, maybe in the other room, but they hear the voices being yelled back and forth and the cussing and this and that. Uh, another thing, too, is, is don't cuss in front of your child. Um, I still don't. Every once in a while, I'll slip up when I'm in conversation on the telephone, but I still don't cuss in front of my child. I try to tell my child is, what type of character do you want to be? I mean, they get an opportunity to play video games on the weekends, and they only they have to earn them, they have to earn everything. But when they do and they have their character, they go, how do you want to build your character? They're like, well, I want, I want a strong guy and fast and, and you know, able to move quick. And I mean, it's like... How you want to, now, how do you want to build yourself? Well, I, I want to be respectful, and um, I want to have manners. You know, I say thank you, and I say please, and I say you're welcome, and I say it after you, and yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. And, I mean, I never came from a military background at all, but through the times that I've spent with the military since 2005, I've been to Iraq six times, and I have an opportunity to meet some great men and women, but a value of respect is the hugest value I think you could ever have. And that's what I teach my children. Um, so I think all the new parents or new fathers out there is just be willing to sacrifice everything for your kid. Make sure your kid comes first. And don't spoil them. Make sure that they're able to fall down a few times themselves before you pick them up. You know, and, and, and as kids, they will test, they will test the parent. I mean, at the ages from when they could walk until about five, you know, they'll fall down. They go, oh, so they'll, like, fake cry, and all of a sudden the mother or the father goes, hurries and grabs and picks them up. 
well, that becomes coddling. And the coddling should become one thing after another after another. Then all of a sudden there's 16, 18, 21 that are still living at home with you. Give them an opportunity to fall and be themselves to go out there and, and, and learn how vicious this world that we live in truly is. Because my children at 10, I, I explain it to them and I tell them. My, my oldest son, Jacob, I explain it to him and I tell him all the time and he sees it by just uh, by people's um, actions. And I think it's really, really important to not only educate yourself, but educate your child to be a respectful um, human being that's going to give back to society. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, very well said. It's, it's a great message. I love the advice. I got to say, Tito Ortiz, you're our first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first-class fatherhood. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And all those parents out there, it always gets harder before it gets easier. But let me tell you, you go, you'll have two things for the rest of your life, and as I tell my kids, you have your name and you'll have your word. Never break your word and always never tarnish your name. And I teach my kids this all the time. I always, whenever I say I'm going to keep my word with you, I keep my word with them. So that way, so I make sure that they don't lie, they don't cheat, and they don't steal. I mean, those are the important things because, once again, they're trying to build their character. And the only person they look to is their parents because they're the ones that are around 24-7. Yeah, very well said, Tito. Very well said. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Tito Ortiz for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Locking in for tomorrow. We got a special 9-11 podcast coming at you. Uh, U.S. Marine Brian Chantosh, who single-handedly killed 20 enemies on his way to earning the Navy Cross, will be here with me. That will be a big honor for me. So lock it in for that. Thursday, we're going to have former middleweight boxing champion Kelly Pavlik on the show. And Friday, you know it, we got a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood coming at you with former Navy SEAL and candidate for U.S. Senator in Virginia, Scott Taylor. So make sure you tell all your friends, every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about this show. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.